the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas celebration. You know, during this season, many families seek out forms of arts and entertainment. It may be a special movie, and yes, we did see It's a Wonderful Life again a few days ago and and got new things out of it. Uh, But you seek out a special movie, a play, a concert, and you may also be finding it's becoming increasingly difficult sometimes for Christian families, for believers, to find worthwhile entertainment. Our guest today is Christopher Swinger. He's a musician, and I also consider him to be a real scholar who's quite familiar with the local art scene from an artist's perspective and from a biblical worldview perspective. Welcome, Christopher. Hi, good to hear you. I'm good to hear from you. Well, to, as a point of introduction, just tell us a little bit about your musical background, what you do musically, and maybe what uh, group or groups you've played in a little bit. So um, I've, I was one of the only people to do both strings and band all through high, middle and high school, and then to stay with it all the way afterward. And... I play viola, violin, tuba, and euphonium, and I also like to compose and arrange. And I guess I have a really strong affinity, especially for orchestral stuff. And I've done, well, out here, formerly in Kansas City, I did actual playing in community orchestra. I did a little bit of it out here, but it didn't come quite as easily because of just, like, you had to pay for fees for different colleges if you wanted to play like as a semester in an orchestra if you weren't enrolled there and there weren't a lot of north county community orchestras and bands to choose from especially that were close by but when i i did end up having some opportunity like in the last three or four years but then of course COVID ended that and then didn't really get in back into it because of their vaccine requirements so and it's like that was kind of a downer, but I have done a lot of musical theater stuff also out here, like Patio Playhouse and um, Palomar College, and so I've kind of been, like, I still am tuned in via Facebook and email to different things that are going on with them and what kind of shifts I've noticed, and also by way of musical background, I do have, um, so I've played since 1997 on viola, and since 1998 on tuba. So it's like, I think I was nine for viola and ten for tuba. So I basically, most of my life, I've really been heavily interested in 
And also, one other thing I have to mention about that, by way of the composition thing, I used to kind of want to kind of put my my feelers out there for different groups and see if they wanted new compositions. But it kind of got, and I haven't stopped entirely, but it got kind of, I, especially in secular settings more than in churches, I would get the impression that they didn't really want new stuff that was of a traditional style. They were more interested in old stuff that was traditional or new stuff that was radical, which has always bothered me because they, they're the ones that say that everything is fair game and that there isn't anything that's bad or good, and yet they're very biased. Oh, wow. But, yeah, hey, we well, want to get more into that. Well, it's um, it's that's very interesting that you say that. And you and I have been talking about this, Christopher, uh, as musicians. I'm in music, and you are, and we... You know, we've known you for a while, and and I, I I felt so bad that you had to be prevented from being in the orchestra because of the vaccine mandate. Like so many other people, have been excluded from their jobs or from arts or from public events, and, and it's just really sad. So th- at least that's been lifted a, a little bit now, right? Uh, the the vaccine mandate, and then we want to talk about this cultural revolution where they're excluding people uh based on the content so yeah that's a good overall introduction that you just gave us you mentioned Uh, specifically you call it and i haven't heard exactly this terminology before christopher you mentioned the george floyd cultural revolution now of course we're familiar with the george floyd incident and the riots and things but Tell us a little bit more from an artistic perspective, because that was only about, what, two and a half years ago. How did this George Floyd cultural revolution affect the artistic community? Okay. Um, well, first on the vaccine mandate thing, some of them still do have it, and I I predict that they'll, um, like, for example, North Coast Symphony, Hillcrest Wind Ensemble, they were two I played with, and... And I'm, I'm, I really like the people there. It's fine. Um, but the thing is that they're just, they never rescinded that. Uh, I don't really? think they ever will. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It seemed, I always thought that when, um, if, if the federal government changed, like Fauci and stuff, but of course the Biden administration being in there, that's not going to change. Even, and the CDC is kind of, it's very like a, what do they call it, hermetically sealed medical thing where it's like they only listen to their groups of people that say stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like, in a way, I started likening it to a few days ago, maybe even yesterday, to how um, the religious establishment at the time of Jesus didn't want to hear from anybody who had been healed or any any outsider from that wasn't from their schools. Like, Jesus was not their rabbi school. And so they, anybody who said, who said stuff, they didn't really want to say, hmm, maybe there's other ways of looking at it than our official version of the law of Moses or our official version of science. But Yeah, you're so, right. That's They're doubling down no matter what evidence is coming out, no matter how many people are dying suddenly, no matter how many, how, what data I they I think that's a good way have, to think of it, yeah, how Christopher they, just put it. They just put the stoppers in their ears and they're... But and and people like Ed Dowd say that that this is typical criminal behavior. They will not stop until someone stops them. You know. So so yeah. But uh, I think you're you're able to get around the 
the mandate somehow to do music, I hope, right? Well, churches uh, have been really nice to oh, me. Oh, that's good. Uh, which but, has been my livelihood, actually, has been church orchestras. But I, I just was thinking, um, and, they, and I'm, I'm sure there have been some churches I know of, like, let's say, an example would be the Village Presbyterian and Rancho Santa Fe. They only let vaccinated people come to events. I'm, I don't know if that includes congregants, but I have followed them by email for a long time. And they were in also San Diego Symphony events. They were only letting people who are vaccinated attend events. I don't know if they've ever changed on that. But and I understand that there were there's lots of fear and stuff, but I just always felt like there should have been even the idea of playing a stringed instrument with um with a vaccine requirement doesn't ever make sense to me because the thought was that if you get covid by spreading fluids from your mouth then why would you have to get the vaccine if you're playing a string instrument instead of a band instrument like right. you would think that the mask would be a, like a safety guard if it was specifically mouth fluids or at least be six feet apart from the other stand or something. All right. No, none of the know. science made sense at all. And, there, you know, doctors are speaking out on that, Dr. Malone, Dr. Asim Malhotra, and others. Um, so you were right. It doesn't make any sense. But so what are they saying when you want to submit submis- uh, compositions and these things that you compose? And, I mean, th- are they limiting music even to something that's in line with their agenda for lack of a better word uh woke themes because you (laughs) mentioned in your notes that you sent me you uh, this is unbelievable Uh, i thought not totally unbelievable i guess but you need to confirm this are you saying in local like drama productions they open up before they even start the the uh the play by saying we're we're performing on stolen land or something like that, talk talk a little bit about what you've seen oh, there. Okay, so we have like three topics here, but two are connected. One of them is about the um, how the stolen land thing, the George Floyd Cultural Revolution, and then the other was about oh yes, uh, new compositions. With the composition thing, that's more of a uh, I just. I think I noticed that more in college, but not being in... I guess I do still notice it when I'm around people who are, like, well-versed in classical music and who are critics and stuff or who are conductors and stuff. They'll be... Or people who are performers, in fact, of new music and of old, really renowned virtuosos and stuff. A lot of them have the attitude that they just... There is nothing good or bad because they'll put on the same concert as a performer some really weird dissonant stuff that has no melody, and then they'll also put old stuff. But then at, on occasion, I'll I'll talk to them about whether oh I would if I wrote a solo piece for this or something, or I have already written an arrangement that includes that instrument, and I can't think of any specific examples. It's just a pattern I've noticed for college all the way on which is like 15 years or something and 
they will be they just don't have any interest in new stuff that's kind of melodic or traditional or whatever and i'm not ultra traditional what i mean is i'm just saying from the classical tradition but like that actually has a form a phrase a structure and a melody and a harmony they don't seem to they just it's kind of like art museums they'll be like that's a wonderful piece by so and so a 1500s artist but then when if they have an opportunity to put anything new in a contemporary art exhibit it'll always be weird abstract stuff or just something really kind of unintelligent i don't know <laughs> it's just an observation about the art field in general they seem to gravitate toward kind of dumb stuff now but then they don't seem to have any real problem with the old stuff because that's from a different era i think they called that historicism or something as a philosophy where it's like that's a product of that time so it's good for that time but now we're doing new stuff that's interesting we don't want to look at the old styles for new things. and the problem yeah. is what the new stuff communicates is just disorder and kind of chaos i mean who, who wants to listen to a song without a melody and i've heard some of the atonal music and it's ugly and same with the modern art like why don't they want to make it beautiful? No, because that's too traditional or that's too in line with the Judeo-Christian ethic or, you know, they don't want that. They they just want to destroy. And that's the Marxist idea that everything has to be, you know, we have to be liberated from the old and we can't incorporate anything new or old into our new stuff. It has to be ugly and and radical, like you say, oh God! Is that Christopher? Is it? Is that? Is some of that viewpoint coming from the critics, the official art and music critics that write in newspapers or publications? Because is that kind of the view they have? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's driven by them. And the, the also, I've noticed this too with the classical music world. If you're going to be a performer, you have to have a pedigree that's. Like a really famous teacher, a really famous school you came out of, and basically um, run the, the, I don't know if they call it the junket, but it's like you really um, are hit all of the major places of exposure, concert halls and different symphonies and stuff. And it's like if you'd come from, if you didn't go through one of these programs and have some important teacher that connected you so you got your big performances, you kind of, end up being like me as a freelancer and that's not a problem but it does mean it's like they should have a way that good performers can kind of break in without necessarily being part of a sl- small elite class which is kind of the same mind it's the same thing and it's almost a method of control in a way is kind of like about the what they, they get to dictate what you play or if you don't play that it's like comedians too if you're going to be a comedian you have to also do adult shows that have all this cussing in them if you're going to remain in the well-liked community even if you make your living being a family-friendly comedian you have to do some adult shows you have to do some atonal music too <laughs> uh. Well, and and that's the politically correct, so that's how they control and force this cultural Marxism on people. You can't even be allowed to perform unless you are in the PC club. Wow, that's too bad. And so so what we have to do is make our own alternative structures, and we'll get into what we... uh, what we can do about this 
a little later, but I want to I how want a word about movies because well, a lot of people get their entertainment. Were you saying something? The streaming revolution. Yeah, the we streaming. Re- that. That's oh, that's yeah. what I was going to mention. Mm-hmm. So you tell us how the streaming revolution is affecting the entire movie business, and what is okay. the what is the even more basic than that? What is the streaming revolution? Okay, so first, before I get to that, just a, a word about the George Floyd thing, because I have noticed a huge shift on the theater realm. So I don't, I don't, I, I guess it helps actually if I do get specific. Um, on the patio playhouses in Escondido, and I would, I like them or did before they changed their content so much. I like some of the people, in other words, but um, they they have gone so crazy left really? and ways. And they're, they're a small just, little theater. Wow. They, yeah, they are. They're one of the only ones that doesn't make you pay to participate. I think the only one I think is called the, what is it called? It's like it's, um, it's Pickwick, Pickwick Papers Club or something. I don't remember. Pickwick Players, that's what it is. It's the only other one in the county that, that makes it. It's all volunteer, I think. That's in Santee. But the the thing that's so frustrating was... Um, they were going to do Sound of Music, and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum in 2020. They, of course, after they shut down and then they restarted, I've noticed even their their plays as well as their musicals almost all have a have to fit like five or six leftist themes now. Mm-hmm. They used to be kind of hit and miss, where but they were usually interesting, and you could kind of tell whether it was something you'd want to see. But and I would see them because they were close. But they were interesting, too. Like, they had one called um, uh, Dead Man's Cell Phone, which is kind of odd, but it was interesting. And But now they now they do, like, I observed every single one of them, except for their kids' musical, which was about Frog and Toad, the, um, the children's book characters, which was fun. That's the only one I watched. Every other one they've done lately has been really ridiculously limited in its theme to like they it's like almost reminds me of the soviet union how there was and i've known i don't know that much about the soviet union culturally except that i have heard that there was only a limited few topics that artists were allowed to cover or musicians and it was like pre pre-approved topics and it's yeah. like nowadays the theater world is exactly like this and it all changed everything changed after george floyd because that's when the theater groups all started talking about this stolen land thing and they all started going into these like five or six subjects racism illegal immigration where it's of course okay to come here illegally and you're always the sympathetic character and then um then there's also they did one with patio playhouse called miss you like hell I did actually see that only because of a friend playing in it, and it was about illegal immigration, and it didn't make a lot of sense. It was hard to follow for me, but it was like, so that that's I'm just giving as an example. They that was part of their shift after George Floyd, because they, they had to change their subjects. They won't ever go back to doing sound or music again there, I predict. But and, um, and they still require vaccines for every participant now, to, yeah. even if you're outdoors even if you're outdoors, but, and I know a few people there, but it's like, it's kind of like when you know a liberal and you're kind of like, yeah, I like them, but they're kind of like, they're just basically lockstep. They're not, and I know, I knew the guy who is the theater guy at Palomar College. It's exactly the same way. They're doing the same thing about like five or six topics. 
and they like everybody likes the musical Rent now, which I haven't seen, but it's it's a LGBT oriented version of the the Bohemians by Puccini, and I think they're gonna pa, uh, Palomar is gonna do it. Patio just did it, and um, uh, Moonlight Theater and Vista did a chorus line, which has a lot of LGBT stuff in it. And so, like everybody has this thing of okay, we'll do a few things that are not from this prescribed list, but eighty to ninety percent of it is going to be five or six topics: illegal immigration, racism, but non-binary people. Patio had this thing where they were like, "We're doing twelve angry men, but now we're calling it twelve angry jurors or something," because we have half of our cast is officially non-binary, oh, even though a lot no. of them have not actually made gender transition. They just they, they like to call themselves that. And then, um, so before I move on, the other topics are um, race. Okay, racism, illegal immigration. Um, I had the other. Oh, yeah, climate change. Climate, climate change, change has got to be uh, one. Yeah, yeah. And then, and and like women unhappy with their situation of social confinement, or often relating to reproduction, and those are the like five topics basically. <laughs> they, and and it's like, and oh yes, one last thing. I watched a documentary called Broadway Rising, where they actually um, show how Broadway handled the COVID era. And what was the interesting thing was that a lot of, I think they were boasting that they're having um, a requirement that a bunch of the theaters on Broadway have to be only plays by black people now. And then that also, one of the, the productions that was by this gay playwright who just died in COVID named, I think his name was Terrence Blanchard or something, Terrence something, and he... He um, wrote a musical or play called Hades Town, which is Orpheus and Eurydice set to a poverty, climate change ruined current oh, world. Not too, not too, not too, not too subtle. Not too subtle, is it? Well, I want to save. I want to save a few minutes for what we can do positively from a from okay. a well, biblical we, worldview standpoint. Real quick, what the streaming revolution is, because we brought that up, and then we'll talk about what to do about it um okay the streaming revolution is when you have to subscribe to a certain service in order to see a movie and it's excluding people and it's getting people in this bubble right yes that's right where they only only uh watch things that that reinforce what they already believe and they and the woke people are in this group and then the you know anybody outside of that, and they can't. And a lot of people can't afford to be in this subscription uh, network either, right? That's right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Kathleen, that, you already summarized it. Well, so that's the streaming yeah. revolution, and that's making people more divided. And that you've really described well how the elites in this world are, you know, excluding people. Like your ourselves, our you know our Christian beliefs. Wow. Uh, so, what can people do about it? What can we? What do you think we can do as Christians to promote our own worldview and to reinforce each other? Because the arts are so important to life. And are there good alternatives out there? There's. I'm just throwing out one example. There's a movie making company called Pure Flix, and I'm not even familiar with a lot of some maybe a few of their movies. But are there companies like that that are offering Christians? alternatives for entertainment christopher 
There's that one. The Kendrick brothers have theirs, but they do it once every two years. It seems like they come out with their own new thing. There's this thing called Kingdom Story, I think is the company that the John and Andrew Irwin, that the former music video creators who made movies like Woodlawn and October Baby, they started that. And then, and the thing is, I think that movies, when they come to theaters, you get, it's important to financially reward them if you can fit it in, like a Christian movie especially. But, but also, the, what I have to mention Ted Bear's philosophy because he's the, found, the Christian founder of Movie Guide who started it in 1985. And the philosophy being that, that while well, his organization has is, is always been about connecting with Hollywood insiders to help them tailor their content so that faith-based people are happier, and he has the Movie Guide Awards, which in, kind of incentivizes people to feel good about when they've done that. But but he um, says that the advertising is what drives TV and, of course, streaming, and and the market is what drives movies. So TV became far worse morally because there was no accountability when they would do it because people were, would keep subscribing to the channel or to the streaming service like Netflix, for example. Netflix has put out some really awful things, like Netflix put out Cuties, which was their their documentary. I mean, not documentary. That's when we, that's when we canceled yep. it. Yep, that's when we... And so one thing we can do is look for these other alternatives and also do our own entertainment. Like, if, if Patio Playhouse is doing this woke theme, then we can maybe have our own little theater ourselves. We, our churches can put on entertainment. We can have talent shows with each other. We can, in our families, we did that a lot when I was growing up. We had our own little talent shows. We had, we put on plays with our church and, and, and things like that. And so it's, it's going to take some creativity. It's going to take some prayer and, and some work, but, you know, homeschooling groups can do it other groups we are so thankful for you being with us today christopher and we wish you all the best with your musical life and, and i wish that i wish you that artistry. 20 2023 will be a year of expansive opportunities for you in the musical realm thanks so much okay thanks for informing us yes we'll see you To bless your neighbor, realize the importance of the entertainment choices we make. And as Kathleen says, consider doing your own uh, music and talent shows. Till next week. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.